You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Another episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly's Star Trek Podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis, and I'm joined, as always, by Aurora Babalu. Aurora, how are you doing? Good are you. I'm doing excellent. More Star Trek talk is always good Star Trek yeah. talk. Uh, and uh, birthday boy, Fleet Admiral Ben Knight, celebrating <laughs> on the bridge of his starship. <laughs> Justin, hello. Uh, how... <laughs> <laughs> How is it, sir? There in the uh, the uh, is it the what century are we in? This is TOS, so we're twenty third century. Twenty third, I believe. Twenty third yes. century, uh, celebrating his birthday. Uh, they don't have they don't have ten forward uh, back in Kirk's time. Do they, do they just have a galley? What do they have back then? I don't even remember. I'm trying to remember the. There definitely was something, wasn't there? A room where a door would open, and they would get a, a they would get a lunchroom tray. A plastic lunch tray with, I believe, pink styrofoam cubes that they would sort eat. of catering by Sodexo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if anything, it kind of felt like uh, like uh, uh, like Japanese buffets, where it's just like <laughs> food on a conveyor belt, and you don't know what any of it is, or like that doesn't look like food, and then people Sounds just like go and grab canteens it. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we are here to discuss Star Trek, the original series, season two. Uh, we've each selected our episodes. We'll go over those in a minute. Uh, but a fun fact about Star Trek, the original series, season two, aside from the fact that it was originally aired from September 15th, 1967 to March 29th, 1968, uh, this, this was also the final season of of Star Trek, the original series until the word got out to a bunch of fans who then started a gigantic letter writing campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, this is amazing to me, by the way. Um, uh, so the show was doing okay. Uh, but, uh, and there was, and at first there was early talk about the show being renewed. They thought the, uh, the chances of a third season were excellent. But it wasn't doing so great near the end of the run. Uh, Shatner apparently even was uh, preparing other projects. He didn't think the show was going to go past the second season. And uh, that's it. I'm leaving to record <laughs> records. <laughs> yeah. He's the rocket man. Denny Crane. Oh, sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong century. Sorry. Um, it was... Uh, so the the show received uh, back then kids television shows received fan mail 
which means people actually had to sit down with a pen and paper, write it, and then mail it in. Uh, and the show, all these shows received uh, fan mails, but uh, the enthusiasm of Star Trek viewers surprised NBC. Uh, they had already received 29,000 fan letters during the first season of the show, uh, which was more than any other show with the exception of the Monkees TV show. <laughs> uh, so rumors in 1967 were spreading that the show was at risk of cancellation. Gene Roddenberry secretly began and funded an effort by, is it, is it B. Joe Trimble? I don't I forget how her name is. She's like a famous Star Trek fan. She has her own Wikipedia page, yeah. Ben. I don't know how you pronounce it. I've never heard her name said by anyone yeah. who knows, actually. It's literally spelled B-J-O. So I'm guessing yeah. Bijo, maybe? Bijo Trimble? Yeah. And her husband... Go with that. Yeah, it was her and her husband, uh, John, and other fans that persuaded tens of thousands of viewers to write in letters of support to save the program. They used 4,000 names from a science fiction convention uh, on a mailing list... And then they asked these people to write NBC and then asked, you know, once you write your letter, ask 10 other people to do it. It was essentially the Facebook chain message of the 60s. Like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> if you like Star Trek, share this and like it uh, or mm -hmm. type amen, something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> NBC received you guys from the 4,000 mailing names on the mailing list. They received almost 116,000 letters between December 1967 and March 1968, including more than 52,000 in February alone. And in according to an NBC executive, the network received more than a million pieces of mail, but only disclosed the 116,000 figure. Uh, a newspaper column? Give, give sci-fi fans a conspiracy to go for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was way more than that, man. <laughs> uh, newspaper columnists encourage readers to write letters and help save what one called the best science fiction show on the air. Suck it, Lost in Space. Uh, <laughs> more than 200... With your creepy pedophile bloke. Oh, I didn't like him. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The old man? with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, come on, Ben. I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't seem creepy at all. Uh, more than 200 Caltech students marched to NBC's Burbank Studios to support Star Trek in 19, January 1968, carrying signs that said things like Vulcan Power and Draft Spock. Nerds. <laughs> uh, Berkeley and MIT students organized similar protests in San Francisco and New York. Letters supporting Star Trek, uh, whose authors included New York State Governor Nelson Rockefeller, were different in both quantity and quality from most of the mail that NBC typically received uh, uh, just according to 6,000 letters alone, they were, they were able to determine that the show is watched by scientists, museum curators, psychiatrists, doctors, university professors, and other quote unquote highbrows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, allow Ben a moment to put in his monocle and put his top hat on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Quite. What, what, what? Uh, the <laughs> Smithsonian Institution asked for a print of the show for its archive, the only show so honored. So there you go. Uh, fans say... Lost in Space is not in there. You know what's funny? Is, uh, oh, and by the way, I guess we should also note. Uh, NBC, 
which used such anecdotes in, in much of its publicity for the show, made an unusual decision to announce on television after the final episode, the Omega Glory. Actually, I don't think Omega Glory was the last episode. Um, one way or another, after the Omega Glory episode on March 1st, 1968, they had a special message that alerted fans that the series had been renewed for a third season. The announcement implied to request stop, to request a stop of the letter writing campaign. Uh, instead, it caused fans to send more letters thanking them in similar numbers. <laughs> of course, it did. Yeah, it was the penultimate episode, by the way. Oh, the penultimate. There you go. Pen, yeah. pen, 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 pen. I can't speak. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the fan. You know, it's funny. You read through all of that, and you're like, "Wow, so much work and effort went into saving the show." And then they yeah. they thank you with season three, and then that's it. Yep. Wow. And when you say thank you with season three, mm, what a troll job! The finest that is. work. Yes. What a <laughs> troll job for reals. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, the episodes selected for this week's, uh, I shouldn't, I, I, I'm so used to saying this week, this episode, uh, this episode of the podcast, Ben's selection was episode four, Mirror, Mirror. Uh, my selection was episode 14, Wolf in the Fold, and Aurora's selection was episode 15, The Trouble with the Tribbles. Um, ben, do you want to go ahead and explain your episode? I mean, I can do all of them, but... Uh, you did a good job of explaining your episode uh, on the last <laughs> podcast we did. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's entirely uh, up to you. Uh, I I don't mind. I very much watched this pretty much straight after we did the last show. Oh, so are your are your faculties in proper order? It is your birthday, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can probably, with the assistance of a bit of Wikipedia action, I can probably we, get through. We were trying. We were trying to figure out because you said uh, you said you were in the middle of uh. Uh, building work, building work, and yeah. Aurora and I were <laughs> guessing that you were building a TARDIS out of empty beer cans. Yes, well, uh, that's spot on. Oh, okay, that's uncanny. How did? Well, it's uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was unintentional. Uh, no, I, I, it's something as mundane as um, sorting out a load of curtain poles. Um, <laughs> this is why people pay twelve bucks. That's important. <laughs> that's Im curtain poles are important. <laughs> That's uh, it's a new new uh, new series on the Cinema Geekly Premium is DIY uh, <laughs> yes. in Salford, but it's, it's <laughs> going to be a thing. Okay, so Mirror Mirror, um, which episode number four, four of season two, I think. Yep. Uh, and seeing as we're being nerdy about it, it's uh, our first date was the sixth of October, nineteen sixty-seven. Mm -hmm. Okay, so really simple premise, which is transporter malfunction swaps um, Kirk. Uh, Uhura, uh, Spock. let's see who else, Spock, McCoy, oh, Scotty. Oh, well, yes, can't forget Scotty for obvious reasons. Um, and oh no, where do they swap them with? I hear you say, well, they're evil counterparts that exist in a parallel universe, <laughs> uh, which is, um, imaginatively referred to as the mirror universe. And you can tell that uh, Spock is evil because <laughs> his facial hair. <laughs> He has that oh yes, yeah. he it, he went full Riker um, <laughs> before Riker. Uh, so they refer to the uh, the Mirror Universe people as, as all Star Trek fans will know. That's the Terrans, and it's the first appearance of them. Um, that's the evil ones with their cool logo, which is better than the Federation's. So <laughs> with the dagger. Yeah. yeah. Now it all it's got a really kind of weird. So 
that's that's the kind of the whole hinge of all of this. The way that they frame this is alongside a really tedious mining dispute. Oh, Star Trek. Um, with the Halcon Council. <laughs> uh, bless them. So there's dilithium crystals on their planet, and they uh, don't want anyone to... I can't even remember. Did they want people not to mine there? And Something along. They were going to take it by force. The, the Terrans were going to take it by force. Yes. Right. And um, the uh, Goody Tushu's Federation version uh, were negotiating before probably conning them out of it realistically which is usually the federation's way that's how they use their smarts uh, not their muscles absolutely <laughs> and then invariably at the end of the episode in the original series then resort to using their muscles because the smarts didn't work mm-hmm. star trek <laughs> am i wrong no uh so <laughs> uh so in the mirror universe uh, so basically yes yeah, so in the mirror universe um the the group realized that they're not in kansas anymore and um uh, there's all sorts of evil sort of um sort of version you know amusing set pieces of evil versions of uh, characters there evil spock is particularly impressive it has to be said um they Mm -hmm. use an agonizer device to punish people uh which is quite entertaining and um i'm trying to think of the other sort of highlights oh yes of course the the way that uh their captain came to power was to uh, murder christopher pike uh Mm -hmm. which uh, we we learn about so that's exciting um on the other side of the whole uh, dimension divide, um, <laughs> which we only kind of hear about right towards the end of it, um, Goody Tushu's Federation uh, uh, Star Trek bods um, realize that something's afoot and basically lock all of the evil ones up fairly swiftly and without any significant problem. Yeah, that's why they um, spend no time there in the episode, by the way. It really, yeah, they're like, oh, <laughs> you seem evil. Let's lock you up. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Something's wrong here. <laughs> Yeah, something is wrong with this picture. So that's kind of good. Uh, the misogyny, uh, the mandatory misogyny that exists in Star Trek comes from uh, finding uh, Lieutenant Malena Moreau um, as the, the captain's woman. Oh, yes. Um, right. Uh, she's, she's his number one gal in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the Terran universe. And uh, Kirk actually seems to be fine with that for the most part. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't deal with that perhaps the way you expect uh, looking at it with you know, millennial eyes, I guess. Uh, and uh, and then they swap them back is basically the deal. Yep. So I hear you asking, why on earth would I pick this episode in which, on the face of it, really not a great deal happens as being an episode worthy of discussion on this show? And it's, it's a reasonable question. Um, the answer is simply this. I'm The reason I like... Um, a lot of these uh, sort of individual, on the face of it, not great episodes from the original series mm-hmm. is the concepts that they introduce. So um, the Terrans have played a part in, I think, thereafter, every uh, iteration of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, every uh, every series. They have... Yeah, I'm trying to think if they've appeared in the movies yet. Hmm, that's a good point. I don't think they have. Um, but, of course, they have appeared in Star Trek Online as well. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they've got quite a big part in that. Uh, and there's always a sort of slightly comedic air to it. Um, you know, you look at the the alternative universe versions of, uh, particularly DS9. You look at the characters in that. That's that leads to um, some hilarity. Uh, and it's something yes. that they, the writers of Star Trek always seem to do quite well because we're so used to this kind of moralistic, um, you know, kind of whatever the the. The, the sort of deep future version of a tree hugger is mm-hmm. from this military organization that sometimes it's quite 
it's quite fun watching our heroes being naughty, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, they, it's, it's kind of flipping everything, you know, on its head, right. Where everybody is Mm -hmm. all these characters you've kind of come to, uh, like, or love, you now see Mm -hmm. them acting despicably, you know, despicably like Sulu, for example, just wants to yeah. get in Uhura's skirt, yeah, essentially. We have, have rape. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, he really <laughs> is. Isn't Holy he? crap! He's, he's he's been hanging around Khan too long. Um, <laughs> he's picked up some bad habits. But uh, I mean, yeah, and they did it in Voyager in a slightly different way with that museum and everything else, which we'll probably get to when we get to Voyager. But we will. Um, assuming Ben picks that episode. Spoiler alert! I've, I've, it's on my whiteboard now. I've just written it down. Um, it, of course, features uh, I'm Not a Doctor line, which is always good. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm a doctor, not an engineer, which is followed by Now You're an Engineer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I, it's a fun episode and it introduced a concept which, again, and I know I bang on about Stratic Online, but if, if you are somebody who's kind of been immersed in that for the last, what are we on, six years now of that, of that game? Indeed. New series just come out now. Um, the Terrans have played a, a fairly big part in that over the years. Um, mm-hmm. And this episode has also inspired people to do other stuff. Um, there's a 2014, I think, someone's going to email, I'm sure. There was an episode, a fan-produced episode called Fairest of Them All, mm-hmm. uh, which is a sort of, it's, a, it's actually a direct continuation of uh, Mirror Mirror. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's uh, Star Trek Continues. It's not terrible. No, it's not, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. It's pretty good. I like what they've done with it. And again, it goes to show that you can take this concept and they, you know, you can have a bit of fun with it or you can make a slightly better sort of plot out of it or whatever else. It's, it's, I enjoyed it. That's all. Yeah. I like this episode because it is, um, it is essentially a seed for, I mean, look, it's a seed that was planted on the ground and then left there for decades, but eventually Mm -hmm. sprouted when DS9 came along. Uh, and they really played with that universe a lot more. They did. They did. They did a. I want to say maybe like a half dozen episodes at least that were all Mirror e- Universe. E- evil Kara. Yeah, evil. Yeah. The funny thing about Mirror, and I'm sure we'll get to it maybe at some point when we get around to Deep Space Nine. But I love that in the Mirror Universe, uh, apparently all of the attractive women in the Mirror Universe are all lesbians. They yeah. are, or, or bisexual, one or the other. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but they're, uh, one way or the other, uh, that is how they are treated in the mirror universe, which is weird. Which is much like a Wednesday night in Manchester. Is it? Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much the same. Um, Aurora, do you have anything that, that comes to mind from this, uh, this mirror, mirror episode? How recently did you watch it? I watched it. I watched it. This okay. Week. So there you go. Uh, anything that sticks yes, out to I you? Yes, I have it press. Um, you know, it's not my ultimate favorite episode. I, it's an episode that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned in the last podcast that any Star Trek episode of the original series that has Kirk doing a kick, <laughs> it's amazing to me. And he does a kick over a table. It, it was oh, over right, the yeah, flying table. Yeah, Kirk Fu. It's, it's a <laughs> badass. Yeah. As it's yes. become known right. among yes. Star Trek fans, Kirk Fu. <laughs> Uh, I would like to forget Shaquille O'Neal. I want to see a Kirk Fu video game. No more Shaq Fu. I want. I want a Kirk Fu game. I like the fact that Uhura kind of, um, although it was in the sort of slightly obvious kind of using her feminine wiles yeah. way, she actually got right. to be a bit of a badass here. She got to yeah. to kind of save the day a bit here, and um, she, she 
she was clearly you know she was the boldest of the characters she was yeah yeah yeah, she yeah. Was. Uh, leading she was. Yeah. like as far as playing yeah, into the villain her outfit side, yeah. was pretty badass too she had those those abs she mm. looked so strong <laughs> in that outfit too it was she did yes. didn't she? <laughs> uh, by the way uh kirk does meet uh normal universe uh moreau yeah uh afterwards mm-hmm. the the would-be captain's oh, yes. woman uh, and Kirk right. tells Spock that she, quote, seems like a nice, likable girl, and that he thinks that they could, <laughs> quote, become friends. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is just creepily. I think that's just code for, I've been to the Mirror Universe, I think I can nail this chick, Spock. Give me ten minutes. Yes, but then, yes that's it. But then yes. he really kind of creepily edges over towards her as the credits <laughs> yes. come in. Did you see how yes. creepy that was? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hey, good. girl. He just hate girl. Cool, yeah. Kirk. <laughs> Captain Kirk just hate well, the, the other thing that I wanted to add is that um, one thing that I think would have made this episode mm-hmm. better, but you, we have a glimpse of the other crew, like the actual opposite Kirk and McCoy and yeah. Uhura yeah. in the actual Enterprise. And I think that they should have shown more of that as they well, should right? yeah i think it's probably so, it's probably the biggest criticism that, that people always lay of mirror mirror um on the on the online thing they kind of they played on that a bit actually and said you know let's okay. look at a bit more of them here um and yeah. it does work well there, there right. is a it should, it should have been a second episode really i mean right, there there right, is a line yeah. by spock where they kind of explain it away like well it was easier for you guys as good guys to pretend to be bad right. than it was for them as heathens or whatever to Pretend yeah. to be, uh, you know, like decent human beings, uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, Spock, of course, uh, trolls them uh, and says he found <laughs> the ruthless attitude of the mirror landing party refreshing. He says that the evil counterparts were the very flower of humanity. So yeah. he trolled them like he always does. He's like a just a daily reminder that humans are assholes. Just just saying, Vulcans mm-hmm. are better. No no emotions here, buddy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> spot. I, because I, he does get barbed from time to time from these guys, and I like that every now and yeah. again he kind of kicks them back in the gut. Uh, every mm-hmm. now and again, he's like, I, "I think this is a refreshing change of pace." They act like how I presume you really feel on the inside. <laughs> I think it's you see that, saying. and that's the thing. That's the quality of Spot compared to McCoy. Because yeah. the best McCoy can do is uh, he says, "Jim, I think I liked him better with a beard." Uh, it gave him character. Of course, any change yes. would be a distinct improvement. Right. Well, right. yeah. Well, you know, whatever. You got burned. Is this a, you got burned. Ben, does this episode hold up to you? Is this a hold upable episode or? It it does in for the reason you say. You know, it it plants a seed. Um, and I, I was thinking about that. It's. I just did a little bit of research to try and find out how much sort of alternate universe stuff was actually around in, you know, 1967, 68. Yeah. And, okay, there was some in literature, but it, it wasn't commonplace. There wasn't a vast amount of it. And I, I don't know. I, I think it does for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Aurora? Does this hold up to you? It does, but for a different reason. I think, you know, at the end when... Um... Kirk is about to leave, leave the alternate universe and he tells the other Spock, you know, using force all the time won't get you anywhere. Yeah, you can change. You, should, yeah. you, you can change and use You can affect tactics. change. Um, yeah, I think that also holds up today. Um, that any society that uses force... I think that is a good message. Won't last. 
Yeah. yeah. In every revolution, there's one man with a vision. That's right. Yes. Um, I'm <laughs> teeter tottering on whether or not this episode holds up. I don't know if I could just show somebody this episode out of the blue and they'd be like, oh, I like Star Trek now. Uh, I really don't know if it would work that well. It'd be really confusing as a, an episode. Yeah, actually, it would be like a first episode. So wait, which are the normal ones? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's happening here? Uh, there's two of them. And what was that whole scene at the start? No, no one knows the answer to that last yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a Star Trek fan, I feel like it, for me as a fan of Star Trek, it still holds up. It's not like an episode where I'm going to be checking my phone or something, I guess, while it's on. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's definitely like a teeter totter for me. Uh, it depends on the. I guess it's a depends on what day you're asking me on. Some sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good episode, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, it had more potential than than anything. Like it wasn't bad, but it mm-hmm. they could have explored more, but. They they opted not so to, and, it, they, and they never did. It, by it, the way, they never went back to this. But uh, Star Trek at this time was uh, less episodic and more uh, singular uh, episodes. Uh, they rarely, if ever, even referenced past events. So um, it's yeah. almost like every episode took place within its own bottle, practically. Um, so, so if you're if you're listening to this right now and you've got your phone in your hand or whatever else, then you need to tweet at Cinema Geekly with the hashtag Team Terran and tell Anthony Wise from. <laughs> uh, also, uh, on a plus side, though, this episode was written by Jerome Bixby, whom I love mm-hmm. dearly because he did uh, his last piece of work was The Man from Earth, which I love. And that's a movie everybody should go watch because it's freaking great. I watched it again recently. It's a great I love movie. it. Uh, I mean, it's like a super duper low budget indie movie, but I bought the Blu-ray. I I love that movie. So they also dedicated uh, the Emperor's New Cloak, which was the Mirror Universe first Mirror Universe episode of DS Nine. Uh, was dedicated. That's right. I just saw that recently. I just finished watching Deep Space Nine today, a couple of hours ago, actually. Oh, awesome. Um, and someday we'll get around to talking about that episode more than likely. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, my selection is up next. Uh, my episode, by the way, episode 14, was your Christmas present. If you're a Star Trek fan in 1967, this aired on December the 22nd. Uh, Wolf in the <laughs> Fold. So uh, on the short, this is easily uh, explained as a uh, clue in a spaceship. Uh, this is essentially what this is. This is like clue in space. But without Tim Curry. Without Tim Curry. Um, no, no Tim Curry, but it's definitely clue in space. Uh, so basically what happens is there's this, uh, there's this whole scene they're on. So they're on this planet. It's, uh, Argalius. I want to say it's Argalius. Yeah. I could be pronouncing it wrong. Argalius too. There you go. Uh, and, uh, they are in, uh, in some sort of, uh, I'm going to say bar, but it might be. It's a lap dance. I was going to say, yeah, some sort of gentleman's parlor uh mm-hmm. where uh scotty informs us and i don't know uh ben you live in the uk you could tell me through your interactions with mm-hmm. other scottish people uh instead of clapping do they just <laughs> pound their hands on a table is that how you uh you cheer properly uh yeah on on a table on a on a wall scotland did you say uh, on a other people, people and faces. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. well you, you come on you, you know about the the famous scottish martial art don't you no no it's called Fuck You. It's mainly headbutting people and kicking them whilst they're on the floor. Awesome. 
I thank you. I thank you, Mike Myers, for that. Guy. I thank you. I thank you very much. Um, and uh, so Scotty picks up an eye for a young lady, and uh, they go for a walk. When there is a, a screamy scream like sound, and people come a running, and it's foggy, almost like a, a London fog, Ben. Some sort of, I don't know if this is going to play into things later, but it's very London fog. Some sort of women of, 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 of uh, an evening entertainment variety and foggy. The, oh, the, no, and and she's, been, she's been killed with some sort of stabby weapon. Yeah, scan, please. She's dead. She's dead, Jim. Yeah, she's dead. Just check. She is dead, Jim. And who is to blame? Apparently, it is Mr. Montgomery Scott, who I think is holding the blade in his hand. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yes. And they're like, well, we've got to, we've got to get to the bottom of this. I, I don't think uh, Mr. Scott is really the the murdering type. We are missing a, sli- a slight part of the premise, which is the f- best thing about the whole thing, which is when they ex- right at the start they explain why they're even there. I don't even remember. Which is what basically the the reason they're there is that he's basically on a diversity awareness course to deal with his total resentment. <laughs> oh, that's women. right. Which is the most clumsy right. bit of writing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, Mr. Scott has a sexism problem. He's he's yes. scotch too misogynistic, and he deals with that by going to a lap dance club, which then apparently afterwards he apparently murders the woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but not before howling practically like that cartoon wolf in the mask. With Jim Carrey, right. where his eyes are bulging yeah. out, uh, and he's howling and whistling. <laughs> That's practically what Mr. Scott was doing. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. It's been a while since I've watched yeah. this episode, but holy crap. Thank you, Ben. That made this almost <laughs> makes this a five-star episode. I, I once used it to open an employment law seminar. That's how I remember. <laughs> um, he's also, by the way, recovering from a concussion caused by an explosion in the engine room. Is Mr. Scott... <laughs> What a rough, uh, what a rough time. He's not having a good week. No, he's really. not. No. Um, so the, he's in. So they detain him. They're interrogating him. Um, basically, long story short, I'm not even going to bother going into the the bulk of the middle of this episode because basically they, basically it's like lights keep going out, people keep dying, and then when the lights come back up, Scotty is holding the knife, going, "What the fuck?" Is essentially the bulk of what happens in this episode. It's almost literally a splice together of Clue and a random episode of Jonathan. Yeah, Creek. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the um, there there is a there is a person though, another person of suspicion uh, that uh, uh, there is another person that kind of comes under uh, scrutiny at some point, and uh, mm-hmm. let's uh, they. <laughs> I just I can't I can't even this is amazing. Uh it's how, how do they pronounce the name before they separate it into Red Jack? I don't remember, but it's like oh, maybe it's Rejack, Rejack like or something. Yeah. Oh, um, but this guy yeah. um who is I don't even remember the name of the actor who's playing him. I feel terrible. Um not as terrible as those poor women. No. Get some perspective. No. <laughs> Uh, it's the, I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like he's, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he is the guy who voices Piglet. 
He is the voice actor for. <laughs> yeah, he really? is the voice actor. John Fieldler, or Fieldler, Fieldler, mm-hmm. uh, is the guy who played the villain in this episode. And right here it says on the Wikipedia, known for the voice of Piglet. Uh, but in this episode, <laughs> he is revealed to be Red Jack, or maybe mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper, Ben. Uh, he is an alien, in fact. I had not thought about that. He is an that. alien, in fact, who has been around for a long time. He was just hanging around Earth in the 19th century and decided to kill a bunch of women right. of ill repute. Um, mm-hmm. so basically, yeah, this was, uh, this was all, this was all his doing. Um, so the suspicion shifts from Mr. Scott to, I think in the episode he is, uh, Administrator Hengist or Hengist or something like that. Hengist. Um, yeah, Hengist. And uh, mm-hmm. the suspicion quickly shifts to him. Uh, not least because the murder weapon was made by the hill people of the Argus River region of Rigel 4, and Hengist took up his post on Argelius shortly after the last murder mm-hmm. took place on Rigel 4. See, because they're tracing mm-hmm. the deaths of all of these women all over the place. Uh Hengist attempts to flee, but Captain Kirk subdues him with a Kirk punch. Kirk foo. Kirk punch. Kirk kick. It'd be amazing if he said that before delivering all of his blows. Someone needs to redub that whole Kirk punch. Like, just make it like anime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hengist falls to the floor. This is okay. So, I want to read this whole part because it it reads hilariously. Uh, And it tells you the, the, the kind of power that Captain Kirk. Uh, packs and his punches. Uh, Hengist attempts to flee, but Captain Kirk subdues him with a single punch. Hengist falls to the floor. Dr. McCoy examines him and announces, he's dead, Jim. From a punch. <laughs> what a punch. Hey, one, one punch manslaughter is a thing. It? It's happened. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you could. You could if you hit somebody like a, in the nose or something and it pushes the bone. Eggshell egg, egg yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's possible so, as well. Yeah. There's law students around the whole world going, oh, yeah. However, the Jack the Ripper entity jumps from Hengist's body into the Enterprise's central computer from which it can take control of the ship. Uh, it uses the public address system of the ship, threatening the crew, generate, uh, generate the fear that it feeds on. See, it feeds on the fear, ladies and gentlemen. That's what makes it strong. Kirk attempts, uh, fights the attempt of the Ripper to, to, <laughs> to terrify his crew by ordering Dr. McCoy to administer tranquilizers to everyone. This is amazing. Get him this is ama- I love this episode because it's so wacky. Uh, he describes the sedatives in a very medical way. He says, I've got some stuff that would tranquilize an active yes. volcano. <laughs> uh, which I do believe probably would kill most humans, one would imagine. But I, maybe he was speaking well, hyperbolically, you know, perhaps. It's the future. Everyone took sure, a lot sure. of drugs. Uh, <laughs> Spock drives the entity from the computer by ordering the computer to compute pi to its last decimal place. You dastardly bastard. Yeah, computer can't do that. It's infinitesimal. <laughs> uh, it jumps back into the apparently dead body of Mr. Hengist in the uh, the briefing room where Scott's interrogation had taken place. But Kirk subdues Hengist and Spock hits him with a dose of tranquilizer, rendering the Ripper entity helpless. Kirk carries Hengist to the transporter room and mm-hmm. Spock uses the transporter to beam him into space at maximum dispersion. Spock notes that even if Jack the Ripper survived the dispersion beaming, each individual part will drift helplessly through space until the creature finally perishes. The threat from Jack the Ripper is ended for good. 
Which is still more credible than Patricia Cornwell's last novel about who Jack the Ripper was. <laughs> yeah, there's still yeah. there's people clinging to that, man. There's still people. Yeah, Someday sure. they'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, ben, what did you think of this episode? I love this episode. It's bonkers. It, as well as it's completely bonkers, and it ends with Kirk telling Spock that basically the whole crew's going to be off their tits for the next few hours. <laughs> yes. um, and so he says, don't expect to get anything yes. done. Um, Everyone's going to be stoned um, for a little bit, so let's just sit back. Uh, let's watch uh, Pull Up Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, from the library computer. We'll just sit back and watch a movie for a while. And the, the slightly creepy line um, between Kirk and Scotty. Uh, who are obviously still, you know, off their bollocks on uh, on this stuff. Uh, after uh, Red Jack's gone, and they're, they're laughing. One says, sort of, you, you, uh, "Kirk says to Scott, you, you seem very happy about the whole thing.' Whilst he's still sort of mm-hmm. chuckling away, and he goes, "Why not? For a while there, I didn't know if I was innocent or guilty." <laughs> Got like, yeah, yeah, I could yeah. have done it. Yeah, who knows? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he yeah. he did have that is some scary. <laughs> he did have shit. a severe concussion from the explosion in engineering. So. <laughs> I don't think when somebody completely because I'm guessing someone on like Enterprise HR yeah. team has sat there and mm-hmm. you know said no he needs to go and do this this program. Kirk said yeah yeah I'll supervise him, and so they've gone off and done it. When he's come back, when they review whether he's made progress, I'm not sure the answer. Yeah, I don't think yes. so either. Mm. I don't think he did very good. <laughs> well, we went down to the planet surface uh, it, and it, we went to a strip club, and then he killed a woman apparently. I don't want to hear it. Right. Sorry, what? <laughs> so I'm going to have to go ahead and check um, needs more evaluation on, uh, on his report. And, and, and it hasn't fucking improved by the time he gets taken out of the transported buffer in Relics on TNG because he refers to the incident where he was accused of three brutal murders that's of women right, on Agnes that's right. 2 as, quote, a wee bit yes, of trouble. he did say that. <laughs> You are a shady fucker. That's what you are, Scotty. Um, it's 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 a good episode. I I enjoyed. It. I, you know, I'd forgotten actually how much I enjoyed this episode until I yeah, watched it. Yeah, this again. was. Um, here's the thing. I picked this episode, and that was uh, because I thought it was fun and goofy. And that was before you reminded me that it was Scotty going there because he has a problem with misogyny. <laughs> it's the best gag ever in yeah, Star Trek. It's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Aurora, what did you think of this episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a show. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Okay. Let me tell you this. I enjoy any TV series where they try to do like a horror yeah. component to it. And. I know that's what they tried in this episode, um, but and I, I mean, I laughed throughout the whole episode. But um, I, it feels to me like it, like someone was like on in, like mm-hmm. high on cocaine, yes, and they just decided, you know what? I like the Jack the Ripper story. I want to match it with Star Trek. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> this is Imagine if Jack the Ripper was an alien. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, but come on, come on. Well, let's imagine that uh, Moriarty is a, um, a, a, a an AI that is self-aware and is going to defeat Data. Well, I mean, you can on. you can do that because Moriarty is a fictional character. Jack the Ripper was a real person, so they're like, Jack the Ripper was never caught, so he or oh, was he? Go. 
He could have been made up by the press. Was it various Ooh. people? Who knows? Yeah. I just like yeah. the idea of like, well, they never caught him. So he. it was like that episode of Voyager where it's like, well, they never found Amelia Earhart. So <laughs> maybe she was abducted by aliens. Uh, which, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, <laughs> that show is that particular episode is walking on eggshells because it's possible that someday they will find some sort of evidence. And then it will then make that episode completely irrelevant. Much like there's an episode of Next Gen where uh, I don't remember which episode it was, but Picard made specific reference to a math problem that had ne- that at mm-hmm. the point of the making of the episode had not been solved, but somebody had solved it like two or three years ago, like as we're talking now. Uh, it has since been solved, uh, yeah. except for in yeah. Star Trek The Next Generation, where many years in the future, maybe somebody lost the answer, and it's still considered itself. Well, I, I base all my knowledge of world history uh, on Star Trek. So, you know, they, they have... I really don't remember the eugenics wars either, and I, I should have lived through those. Uh, that was in the 90s. Yeah, well, I think um, I think as another Scotsman might say, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, there is a series. Have you seen the series of, of books that describe the eugenics wars? Like, they make it plausible... Because they take like incidents that actually happened during the '90s and then made it part of the eugenics war, like it was some sort of like uh, some sort of like black flag it war, where it's Dolly yeah, like a shit. dark war or something like that, where like mm. nobody knew it was being fought, uh, it was being covered up, that sort of thing. Um, there are people on my on my Facebook yeah. who probably go for that so people have oh my goodness people have tried to make it work uh (laughs) one week later we did episode 15 the trouble with tribbles perhaps the depending on who you ask it's the first or second most recognizable star trek the original series episode yeah uh it is probably Mm -hmm. the best episode this season uh i think maybe uh although it's not a serious episode it's a complete they did a, they did complete comedy this episode, um, but right. it works. So uh, the Enterprise is hanging out at Deep Space Station K seven. Uh, they are uh, they are there to guard some grain that is headed to Sherman's planet. What a job these guys have! These scientists extraordinaire. I mean, reluctantly, because yes. Kirk is these scientists extraordinaire, these 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 military men that are incredibly smart and talented, and here they are guarding a consignment of grain <laughs> bound for the least excitingly named planet of all time, Sherman's planet. It's it's, <laughs> it's all a hangover from the Organian Peace Treaty. <sighs> Damn you, Sherman! Uh, I'm, I'm, however, eagerly excited for Planet Peabody whenever they arrive there. Uh, boom, boom. Uh, so on arrival, a trader named Cyrano Jones gives Lieutenant Uhura a tribble, which is essentially a ball of fur that does nothing but eat and reproduce. And... Mm-hmm. Which I, I have been told. <laughs> Ball of fur that does nothing but eat and reproduce. <laughs> That's like, that was my nickname in high school. They, everyone called yeah. me the Tribble. Well, I was voted person most likely yeah. to be. Yeah. Most likely to be a Tribble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment or just an incredibly... Yeah, I was going to say, that might be a... I, I, I was... I was that, might be a, that might be a horrible, horrible uh, thing to say to somebody. You're just going to be a big fucking ball of fur. Yeah, laugh it up. 
Okay, this, it's like being better. <laughs> yeah, Move on. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Moving forward. It is your birthday, after all. We probably should lay off a little bit. Um, and essentially, what happens is uh, the hilarity ensues as the crew is trying to deal with the sheer amount of triples, which are now everywhere, not only on the station, but on the Enterprise as well. Um, and all this fun happens just as they have to deal with the arrival of Captain Koloth and his Klingon battle cruiser, who uh, are just hanging around, apparently. Uh, but uh, something dastardly is afoot. Uh, the Tribbles kind of unexpectedly re- reveal a plot to poison the grain supply. Um, and, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. and believe it or not, uh, it is done by uh, a Klingon, but a Klingon who looks like a human. Um, what the hell is his name? Arn Darvin. Right. Uh, is the human in question. Is actually a Klingon who looks like a human. Um, but for these Klingons, I guess it wouldn't be that hard, right? You just give them like a spray, like a just spray on some new skin color. Like Klingons didn't really look shave, shave their Fu Manchu <laughs> <guess>. mustaches. <laughs> um, and then you're, then you're good to go, essentially. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh so yeah the the plot is uncovered uh and foiled Arn Darvin is uh is arrested and uh Kirk very famously ends up in a gigantic mountain of tribbles looking very distressed. Mm-hmm. Uh oh oh and of course uh at the end of the episode uh, Scotty deals with the tribble infestation by beaming all of them to the Klingon ship. Well, he does not kill them. No, no, no. Oh, no. I was about to say that was the wrong sound effect for that. He he transports them to the Klingon vessel into their engine room, I believe. Yes. Uh, And presumably that is the thing that starts the great triple hunt that we learn about later on in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where the Klingons wage all-out war on the triple home planet, which they then obliterate. Uh, Jeez, the Klingons are touchy fucks sometimes, aren't they? Good lord. They're just balls. They're balls that make yes, purr sounds. That's it. Yes. They're kind of cute, with the exception yeah. of the I've seen I've seen that war. <laughs> you weren't there, man. I got flash, but there was fur flying everywhere, <laughs> man. Light and fur and dirt. <laughs> so many triple guts. <laughs> yeah, true. that's You didn't see the triple guts, man, dripping from the walls. Uh, actually, now I really want to see that movie. <laughs> it's like Klingons that have like uh, PTSD from the Tribble War. I don't. I really don't think it was. Uh, I presume they... they just showed up in orbit and then just obliterated it. I'm guessing. No. Well, if Star Trek yeah. Online is anything to go by, is there a ground war? Are there like Tribbles um, that are like? There is a there, like, ground war. <laughs> I have taken part. Are there like tribbles that have like Chewbacca like sashes on with like guns glued to them or something? How do they protect themselves? No, and that was probably the weirdest problem with the tribble episode of Star Trek Online is you can see the Klingons going around shooting them, but really the tribbles doing very little. (laughs) I would imagine, like, I would would imagine at the very least they would like roll into like a big group and then like (laughs) smother a Klingon to death, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they force yeah. themselves down like the throats of a Klingon or something to like suffocate them. That's probably. I, what I, oh my I thought maybe That's there'd be like a different yeah. class of tribble, like ones with teeth, maybe or something. But no, apparently nothing. Uh, yeah. Ben, what, what did you think of the trouble with tribbles? 
I love this episode. Um, it is silly. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the mandatory misogyny in this episode comes from Ahura sort of doing her best. Um, I don't really know much about warfare, but I do like fluffy <laughs> dribbles. Uh, what routine. a lady. <laughs> Women, um, right, Aurora? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she, you know, she, she goes down to the planet to go shopping as well. She does. Of course. Yes, like women do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear um i mean serrano jones uh i mean he's playing i mean okay so you don't have pantomimes in in the u.s i guess but he's playing he plays his whole role as a pantomime mm-hmm. character this kind of massive ridiculous character he did it he did it in the uh the cartoon series as well more troubles yes. more tribbles or whatever the hell it was called um although ultimately it's a sad fact the actor who played him then shot himself um true fact but uh, yeah, <laughs> not funny, but true. Uh, the yeah, the episode itself is it's made better a million times once you've seen that DS Nine episode. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's it stands on its own, and that's great. But it is, you know, it's when you put it alongside the DS Nine episode that that matches up with it that it's uh, you can go back and enjoy it the first time when you're watching that scene where where um, where he's getting you know buried in tribbles and you realize that Dax yes. is throwing them at him. Um, oh. <laughs> spoilers, yeah. by the way. Uh, that epi- it, it, and that is episode great. is great, great too. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. That will probably yeah. almost certainly be a pick when we get to deep space nine. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like this episode a lot too. Um, it's a, it's goofy and silly in a different way than the previous episode, which I don't think was necessarily meant to be as goofy and as silly as it is because it's just the way that time has affected the Wolf in the Fold episode. I'm sure people were looking at it really mm-hmm. as more of a, oh my God, who who done it? That sort of episode. And they're like, oh my gosh, Jack the Ripper. Now we kind of are just like, wow, how ridiculous was that premise for this episode? Uh, this one, <laughs> however, was... You think in 67 people are going, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. too soon. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, but this one purposefully was was a bit of fun, goofy and silly. And um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, other than what Ben said to really add to it. I mean, uh, it. There's the, there's the, the smack talk. In the oh, yes, 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 yes. The, uh. Uh, yeah. I didn't say the Enterprise was garbage. I, or no, what did he say it was? I didn't mean to say the Enterprise garbage, should be yes. hauling garbage. I meant to say that it should as be hauled garbage. away as garbage. Right, <laughs> right, Although he actually right. does a Scottish accent before it <laughs> as well, which is quite funny. He does take the piss out of Scotty. Something like, uh, yeah, you're right or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the, yeah. there's, the uh, yeah, there's the big uh, bar brawl. During, during which um, Serrano yeah. is helping him to drink to, um, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to scotch. Yeah. Um, no, but there's a, there's a, a, and we, we, we also learn the, uh, the, the tribbles do in fact hate Klingons and they use the tribble instead of apparently, a, instead of McCoy whipping out like a tricorder or something to figure out that this dude isn't a human, they use the <laughs> triple as a living tricorder. They just put it near him, and it's like, Bleh! and they're like, oh, this man's a Klingon. <laughs> they don't like Klingons, but they do like Vulcans. Well, Mr. Spock, yes. I didn't know you had it in you. Obviously, triples are very perceptive <laughs> creatures, Captain. Obviously, walks over to Barris. Mr. Barris, they like you. 
Well, there's no accounting for taste. Everyone yeah. hates bureaucrats. Suck it, politicians. Suck it up, Boris. Mm. With your with your fancy wheat. It's grain. Right. Somebody want to remember the name of it? Tryptoquadlamine. Triplo. Quadratritical. Quadratriticaline. Oh, that was it. There we go. Which, you know, I mean, all of us yeah. had that in the 90s. But we've moved on. <laughs> uh, Aurora, what did you think of this episode that you picked? I mean, I picked this episode mm-hmm. because it's my favorite episode sure. of the whole original series. Um, it's funny. Um, and for me, other than the tribbles and the whole plot, I feel, it's my opinion, that this is the best performance like 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 from beginning to end i would agree (laughs) yes i i mean he is perfect in this episode all the you know the the smirks and the faces and the way that he treats that paris guy and oh it's the best it it was an early sign that shatner actually does comedy far better than most he really does do it well Yeah. yeah yeah Um, he's good. He's yeah. good at self-deprecation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he can, he can totally do that. Uh, I still stand by, yeah. uh, the scene at the end, uh, at the end of city on the edge of forever is his best singular acting moment, but from, uh, but from mm-hmm. opening credits mm-hmm. to closing credits, this might be the best William Shatner was in the whole show. And he really pulled off the comedy really well. Uh, yeah. this is definitely yeah. like a hold up episode. I think everyone yeah. would agree that. You could sit anybody down, and they could, mm-hmm. at the very least, be oh, yeah. somewhat amused by it, even yeah, if they're not a Star sure. Trek fan. Um, it has its uh, mm-hmm. it has its moments. I mean, you probably I don't know if I could sit down with my twelve year old and show her this episode, and she'd be thrilled. Uh, but it might be more appropriate than uh, than having a watchable. Quite possibly, old. yes. Yes, I suppose that's a, <laughs> I suppose that's good. Um, okay, so uh, let's pick our episodes for uh season three so the the next time we get together or and i'm gonna write them down this time because i have to recheck every time uh we're gonna talk about star trek yep. the original series season three when we come together next time and uh the picking order is myself then aurora then ben uh and i am selecting episode 19 which is requiem for methuselah the crew of the Enterprise encounters an immortal human who lives as a recluse on his own planet. Also written by Jerome Bixby. It was also a Valentine's Day episode uh, as well, February 14th. Um, Aurora, what would, you, uh, what would you like to choose? Well, I was telling you before we started recording that I had a tough time. Yeah, this was an awful season. <laughs> <An> episode. <laughs> It really was. But I also, you know, I, I it was just being an episode that was mm-hmm. fun to discuss. So I think I'm going to go with episode, I think it's four. Ah, it's yes. And, and the children, shall, and the children leave. shall leave. The crew of the Enterprise yeah. rescues a group of children stranded on a planet along with their evil imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going for the yes, horror yes. thing again. <laughs> I like it. Ben, I like it. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones to choose. Uh, 
Oh, there's two of them that I'm staring at um, right now that would just be excellent hate watches for me. But <laughs> I can see. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at two that here. are favorites. Um, uh, there are t- I've got two episodes I'm torn between. I tell you what, if either of them are on your list, we'll okay. Do that well, one, what's yeah? what's the what? Uh, were any of the episodes we picked at the top of your list? Were they any of those? Were your number one? Uh, I wanted them. The okay. children shall leave. Yeah, um, but. Uh, although that's good because it gives me a double excuse to go and watch it again because I don't have to talk about it much either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ah the the two that I've got left here because I knew that you'd probably pick Requiem are uh, mm-hmm. Dare the Dove, which is pretty bad, um, and the Tholian Web. Following my introduction of um, characters thing, ah, you didn't. And they're Tholian Web is pretty poor. Either of my two favorites, but then Plato's stepchildren is was yes, the other one. Plato's well. that was in my so I have list of four. so the, my my two of Doom uh, are Plato's stepchildren, mm. and of uh, course it, it's now become a classic among Star Trek fans. Spock's brain. Oh, it's just the most awful episode. I love to watch that episode, mainly because the whole episode, like you can, uh, people have turned it into a brinking, uh, oh my God, I'm fucking drinking. I almost said brinking game, a drinking game (laughs) about Spock's brain. Anytime says Spock's brain, you have to take a drink. And they say it a shockingly, um, like a high number of times. They specifically say Spock's brain in that episode. It's just the worst <laughs> written episode, heap of crap. The thing is, Plato's stepchildren. Okay, first of all, it's the episode that everyone talks about because it was, uh, well, it wasn't, but it's often talked about as being kiss the first on television. Uh, kiss between a white man and a black woman, mm-hmm. which it absolutely mm-hmm. wasn't. But anyway, yeah, it makes a good story. Um, uh, and over here, people talk about it because I think it was the first episode to be banned by the BBC because of this, because um, of said kiss. It got, or because of Kirk's no, acting uh, because when, of, when he had to pretend to be a horse. Sadistic plot elements was oh. the reason. Um, right. Which, uh, actually, rewatch it. Yeah, you can see the point. I figured they would have, oh, um, I figured they would have banned dark. it when they just saw Kirk pretending to be a horse. Because that is the sound he, <laughs> the sound he makes. Oh, no. We should watch that. Pick that one. I oh. want it just because I want to relive it. I was about to say, shall, shall I watch it? Yeah, do you know, I would say to people, okay, we're going to pick, we're going to pick Plato right. Stepchildren. The hell with it. Um, but can I just say, please go watch if you look if you're stuck for other episodes in in this series. The Tholian Web makes for really interesting yeah. watch um, because of what they did with the Tholians or failed to do actually with yeah. the Tholians later on. And it does on. tie really into an episode of Enterprise later on as well. It does absolutely, yeah, um, and Star Trek Online as well. Uh, the Tholians are a pain in the ass on Star Trek Online. And uh, what was the other one I said? Day of the Dove. I can't remember. There was another one that I said was worth Oh, Day of the Dove, of course, which mm-hmm. you should like. Cause it's another it, it is. Yes, it episode, is. I think. Uh, and another Klingon one as well. Uh, so, yeah, Play Day Stepchildren. Sod it. Episode okay, 10. So we'll do Play Day Stepchildren just because I suppose we have to. The crew of the Enterprise encounters an ageless and mischievous race of psychic humanoids who claim to have organized their society around ancient Greek ideals. <laughs> and there's a little person in it as well who has to do yeah. the I feel so sad for him. <laughs> I've forgotten how bad it is. <laughs> Shit. I'm just excited for I'm just excited oh, well, for everybody but... to hear William Shatner's uh expression of what a horse sounds like. Cause it's incredible. Yes. It it 
Do you, do, do you know, incidentally, why it isn't the first interracial um, kiss on uh, network television in the Go Western ahead, world? Do you know, do you know I was going to say because they was? didn't even really kiss, really. Yeah. It didn't feel like they did. Well, that's kind of true. The yeah, first, the, the was, best, it was the best thing, I, I like that it? people are very promotive of it, saying like, it was the first interracial kiss. They made it sound like before I had seen it, they made it sound like it was this big groundbreaking moment and Kirk and Uhura embraced in this mm-hmm. loving, passionate kiss. No, they are forced to kiss one another and Kirk doesn't want to kiss her. <laughs> now, granted, Kirk doesn't want to kiss her because, right. uh, number one, she's a crew member that serves under him. And he probably considers her more of a friend and not a lover. But it certainly feels weird, like the white man is forced to kiss the black lady. So you definitely get that. And then he... Well, yeah. but hang on, hang on. You know that that's actually true, don't you? That um, Michelle Nichols in her autobiography, and we're kind of moving on to this, but in her autobiography, she, she, I've just found the quote. Um, she says, knowing that Gene was determined to air the real kiss, Bill shook me and hissed menacingly in his best ham-fisted, kirky and staccato delivery. I won't kiss you. I won't kiss you. That's actually <laughs> what happened. So you know you're getting that, I don't really want to do this thing. And you know, and he's, and this is the episode we're watching, guys. And he makes horsey sounds. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get past, yeah. I'm not gonna get past that. It's a good thing we're not doing Spock's brain because next, the next episode would just be 40 minutes of me constantly saying brain and brain, what is brain, over and over again. Because that's my, that's my, that's my favorite quote uh, okay. from the episode: is brain and brain, what, are, what is brain. I, I love oh. that so much. I for a while it was a ringtone on my phone when somebody called. Uh, I love I love that scene, but we don't want forty minutes of me just repeating that line over and over again. So now instead we're going to get just a terrible, terrible mess of an episode. Um, oh, I think we're gonna have to skip the Etsy game because we're like we're at an hour. <gasps> We're, we're massively ever, over. We? We're at an hour, and we have to do a regular Cinema Geekly podcast after well, this. Uh, fair enough. What, what do you want to do? Shall I keep them keep for them. the next episode? Or find new ones. I'm going to lose them. but um, I, oh, these, these are particularly good. But all right. Yeah, yeah fair I enough. really don't want to do it. They've I hit don't the cutting do room it, floor. It's so late already. Um, yeah, so we're... I'll tell you what, do you want to do one item? And we'll, we'll say whoever wins it is supposed okay. to get closest to the we'll prize. We'll do one item. Yeah. We can't, yeah, we can't okay. leave the people wanting. Uh, oh, and I do, oh my God, and I have, and I, and I have I two know. questions yeah. too. Do you want me to do the two questions or do you want to, I do have oh, two shit. questions. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, They're basically, they're, I mean, they're very easily, they could be very easily, one is very easily answered. The other one is, uh, we may have to decide on it. Let's do the easily Go Let's on, do the it, easily do it, answered do it, do one first. Uh, the Riker Maneuver wants to know how we are going to handle episodes once we reach uh, the, uh, the the start of Deep Space Nine, because obviously DS9 and Next Gen overlap mm-hmm. each other. And he points out in the continuity, mm-hmm. uh, some mm-hmm. episodes uh, overlap each other. Like if you look at like an official continuity, there's like, here's a Next Gen episode and then two mm-hmm. DS9 episodes and then another Next Gen episode. Like in the spe- super specific continuity, if you're counting star dates. Yeah. We're going to chill and just do it. Yeah, I think what we're going to do is uh, DS9, I believe, starts at season six 
of next gen. So what, ha- what happens is we'll probably do sure. our season six next gen episode. And then our next episode will be season one of DS nine. And then an episode after that, we'll do season seven of next gen. We'll kind of do it like that. And accordingly as well, when Voyager comes along, cause Voyager and DS nine overlap for the last couple of seasons of deep space nine. Um, it's going to be a very similar experience to anyone watching Star Trek on BBC <laughs> Two when it first came out, which is just basically kind of uh, a bit random. Really uh, long time subscriber. I shouldn't say long time. It feels like a long time, but at this point, I guess maybe it is a long time. Long time subscriber. Generic Toff also wants, and this is a harder question as well, is, uh, well, it's not hard. We just have to decide whether or not we want to do it or not. Uh, how do you, how do you, or do you plan to tackle the movies? So are we are we going to tackle the movies? And if we do, yeah. or if we decide to tackle the movies, how would we decide to tackle them? That's kind of easy, isn't it? Don't we <laughs> refer them to um, the horribly flawed and incredibly decisive <laughs> Star Trek one? Yeah, we, there is an episode of that where we do. I, I think maybe it was looking for more of an in depth like review and our thoughts on the movies rather than just picking which one's better than the other one. Best, best of luck um, with that. Well, here's the thing, because there are six movies continuity-wise in between season three of TOS and season one of TNG. Um, there are really only two ways to handle it, which would be... Uh, actually, there's three ways to handle it. There's... Uh, the first way would be to handle it like how we handle all of the episodes, or how we handle all of the episodes of this podcast, which are uh, we pick each of us picks a movie to watch and we <laughs> we watch those three movies, uh, or uh, we do one episode mm-hmm. where we discuss all of the movies, or we do six separate podcast episodes each dedicated to one movie. Uh, so I don't know which one huh. we would prefer, though. And I do believe all of them. I don't even know if all of the movies are on Netflix anymore. Has everyone seen all of the movies? Aurora, have you yeah. seen all six? Um, they were, they were all on Netflix. I'm pretty sure ago. most of them are on Netflix. I'm almost positive they're all on Netflix, but yeah. uh, at least the original series ones. I don't know about the next gen ones. I think some of them are and some of them aren't of the four that were made. Um, or well, I guess there's another way too. We can just not discuss them at all and then just move on to the next uh, next generation. Uh, but some people would be like, well, the movies count just as much. I, I kind of Because <laughs> Ben's but... just excited to get to next gen. And I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, especially after the next episode where we have to talk season three of Star Trek, the original series. That's going to be fun. Um, um, how about we just do one episode where we do a retrospective on the movies? We can talk about... Because I don't even want to do the thing where we pick three... Uh, pick three movies especially since a lot of those movies mm-hmm. are uh have mm-hmm. continuity to them so we'd have to pick like two three and four right. yeah. or something like that um mm-hmm. it does feel yeah. like i, I feel like we it. should just do one episode yeah. where we kind of talk about the movies in general favorite least favorite uh that sort of thing we can talk about them in general and briefly yeah. go over them and give our thoughts on the movies i think we can do that instead of uh so I think we'll do that. We'll do that as a break in between original series and, and next gen. Yeah. And uh... I'm going to make a soundboard that just is like various quotes from the uh, horrible <laughs> there you episode. Go. You just do that. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Um, 
That is basically Literally. phoning it in. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead, uh, Ben. Your 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 one item. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah, I do. Okay, so the Etsy game, so blah 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 blah. Price on there. Reading it exactly as it's written, um, which is sometimes not great. And uh, then the closest. closest to the do you price. have the Do you have the soundboard pulled up? Um, closest okay. to the prize gets a this sound. I do. That's wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the first that's sound. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a random warp engine. Okay, stop now. Ah! <laughs> okay, there we go. Good. Then I'll have that. Right, so here we go. Um, <clears throat> um, the original series Hypo, Star Trek Hypo Season 2 to 3. As in, as in a hypo spray? A real piece of original. Oh, okay, okay. well, don't, you don't read ahead now. But, but, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There were no spoilers here. <laughs> a real piece of original Star Trek history. This piece was made off of the measurements of the original screen used hypo. Again, I just like to point out here, I'm okay. reading this exactly as it's written. No hyphen involved there. <clears throat> Never before has there ever been a hypo as accurate as this. Every part is solid aluminium. Or, oh, you're American. Hang on. Oh, no, he's done it your way. Every part is solid <laughs> aluminium. Well and the vials are acrylic, <laughs> completely sealed with the colored fluid inside. The entire piece is, quote, field strippable, end quote, which means that just like the original hypo, every piece unscrews so that all parts are, quote, Ooh. serviceable. Ooh. Kind of creepy. No, no, That's no, for you right. freaky um, Star Trek fans. When you compress the hypo, yeah. <laughs> when you compress the hypo, it does make a natural hissing sound, just as the hypo should. Each hypo comes with one red, one green, and one amber vial. There will only be three sold to the public. Each piece ships in four to six weeks from the time of payment. Handmade item made to order ships worldwide from the United States. 207 reviews favorited by <laughs> two people so is this a disparaging two enough? people <laughs> I hope so. uh is, so this is an original series reproduction of uh mccoy's mm-hmm. hypo spray yeah it's basically one two three four bits of presumably custom milled um and aluminum, aluminum. and um three little yeah, and three little acrylic uh, cylinders with, as I believe he said, red, yellow, and green um, fluids stuff. In uh, so here's yes. Ooh, I'd All like right. to vote yeah, against the use of the word sticky fluid. word, isn't it? <laughs> sticky fluids. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's moist. a horrible word anyway, too. Moist. Uh, <laughs> the combination of moist and f- oh, I can't even say them together. All right, so at this one plinth now everyone feels uncomfortable good okay so here's the thing I, so, before we before we get to the guessing did you did you or did you not read yeah. at the beginning uh this person claims that you can own a piece of star trek history a real piece yeah. of original this reproduction star trek of a hypo spray that i have made well, I think you'll find the sentence says, never before has there ever been a <laughs> hypo from... as accurate as this. <laughs> this except show. the ones that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, <laughs> who's who's going to go first? Uh, Aurora, go on. Um... Oh, man. I want to say that I got very high <laughs> I'm sure... 
just because it's metal. I'm sure Scott Wheelis, the person who makes this, would love you to say a really high price too. <laughs> I'm going to go with $200. Ooh, $200 it is. Okie dokie. Did you say $200? That's not good. You know what? This guy does seem yeah. pretty delusional about owning a real piece of Star Trek history that he made. <laughs> Dude, you can't make your own Star Trek history. It's already been yeah. made. There will only be three uh, souls all right, in the I'm gonna, public. Uh, I think that sounds delicious. I don't want to I don't want to price this right you, but right. Aurora, but I'm going to say 250. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Well. <laughs> Aurora, you said Two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, ho ho! You said two fifty. <laughs> the answer is rather terrifyingly three hundred and eighty dollars. Oh so when he says what? that there are going to be three, only three, sold to the public, I suspect the answer is maybe set your Link, sights a little lower. Uh, yeah, by all That'll means, hang on, of course. I show notes. send this to you. Um, oh, yes, we're on... Ooh. Where's Mumble gone? <laughs> I can't find it. I'm obviously on it because I'm talking on it, which is a little or are alarming, you? but I can't... It's like Jack the Ripper. Stuff. Was he real or was he not? Ah! <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that was really quite disturbing. I couldn't find it. I am There's clicking the link. the link. It is... It is it is, is quite a good replica of. of the hypo spray. Not worth. It's a real piece of original Star Trek history. <laughs> I didn't understand this sentence. This piece was made off of. I will ignore "off of" because uh, this piece was made off of the measurements of the original screen used hypo. Ah. Are they so well, somewhere? Oh, somewhere there funny. are. Somewhere there were either. Uh, schematics or schematics, or some super nerd actually had a real screen used one and took down measurements which would not surprise me in the least um yeah. the, indeed yes. of the highest order uh okay so that is a wrap for this episode of i'm a doctor not a podcast and uh we're gonna come back next time to discuss our three episodes from star trek the original series Season 3. The corniest ending <laughs> to any show. Hailing frequencies yeah, closed! With, with a weird kind of dub version. I was going to say we could just go to war. <laughs> <laughs>